This is Love Hurts. I'm Brian Berlin. My guest today is Evan Ford Barden. Evan is a writer, performer, and fellow podcaster living in Astoria, Queens. Evan talks to me about his first love after college, binge reading the Harry Potter books for the relationship, and the craziest thing he's ever done after a breakup. Hey, Evan. Hello, Brian. Thanks for being here. No problem. Or thanks for letting me into your home. Yeah, you're in my house, so thank you for being here, I guess. Podcasting on the road. Yes. Uh, great. What uh, did you bring to talk about today? All right, so I think love hurts. That's what I think of. There's obviously a lot of facets to that, but yeah. I think of the kind of like one great... Um, heartbreak of my adult life and that is lauren she was my girlfriend i guess when i was about 25 i would say so like okay the year i moved to new york actually so we're coming up on about it was about eight years ago this relationship okay um and i guess let's start at the end because there's a lot of stuff i think in our our storied tale that is kind of messy and stupid and i probably honestly i probably looking back the more i look back the more distances between it the worse i was in this relationship than i realized yeah um but the end has sort of this tragic thing to it which is it's coming up on like her birthday october she's in school still i'm out of school a couple of years and we've had like a lot of you know, issues sort of, uh, I guess we, we had different things I think we wanted out of the relationship and they finally all come to a head and she calls me one night and breaks up with me. And that's a Wednesday, I think. And that weekend we had plane tickets and travel and everything booked to go down to Elon university in North Carolina and go to her best friend from home's birthday party. This was going to be kind of my introduction to her friend and this trip that kind of meant a uh, I guess it kind of meant a lot to her because it was, yeah. It was yeah, there's like stakes friends. to it. And she was leaving like during the school year to go take a trip, which is kind of a big thing. I yeah. never did that in college, you know, and um, and stakes to it. And so she she breaks up with me. And now so the other facet of this is this is a Harry Potter themed. <laughs> this is a Harry Potter themed uh, <laughs> birthday party. Okay. And. Maybe like two weeks before we go, before the breakup, she's giving me a lot of shit because I've never read Harry Potter. So I'm 25 years old, never read Harry Potter. And my girlfriend is giving me a lot of crap because she thinks that I'm going to be like the only person at this party that has not read Harry Potter. And she's probably correct. So like a good boyfriend that I am, I, I literally on the way home from work one day buy Harry Potter and start reading it on my bus ride home because I'm like feeling this pressure from her to not be an idiot. So I don't want to be an idiot. Start reading it. By the time she breaks up with me, I think I'm two and a half books in. (laughs) And by the time we, by the time the weekend rolls around, I think I've like read three books. Right. So, and for me, that's a lot of reading. I truly don't read very much. And they're big books. Yeah. And I know they're like YA, you know, Yeah, yeah, yeah. those first ones, especially, but for me, that was, I spent like a lot of time reading in those couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, But so she breaks up with me on Wednesday and the question immediately is kind of, well, what do we do about this trip this weekend? And 
I was so stubbornly, I think, not wanting to be broken up with that I was just, I said, well, let's go to North Carolina. <laughs> I didn't start reading these goddamn books and buy a plane ticket and all this stuff and take Friday off of work to not go. So let's go as long as that's okay with you. And she, I think I've been in that scenario too. It's like, she's the one breaking up. She doesn't hate me. So she's says, okay. You know, I think she's more worried about how I would feel in yeah. that scenario, but I was blindly charging ahead. And so we uh, went to North Carolina, um, pretended to be together for one more weekend. Oh, so you didn't tell anybody? I think they knew, okay. but I mean, like emotionally, we oh, kind of I pretended got to be. I got we you. sort of just ignored that we were breaking up yeah. and sort of got back together and uh yeah there were like a couple little funny things where that was a relationship where i feel like i did all all the work sort of and um was very like detailed about stuff and on our way back we get to the airport and she had bought a boarding pass for the wrong day for the next day and she like had to be back to take some class and i had to be back for work and all this stuff so i ended up buying her a day of boarding pass to come back um because you know i was an adult with a job yeah and and then we got back and God, we went back to her, we went to school in Connecticut and I was going to like commute in that next day. And that last night of knowing that this, like it had been over for four days or five days, but that last night, knowing that like that come Monday we were actually broken up. Yeah. That was, was the actual last night. It was brutal. Yeah. Ugh. And then I plowed through the rest of the Harry Potter books <laughs> in a very deep depression. That's how I read all the Harry Potter books was very depressed. So you just have terrible association with Harry Potter at this point? At yes this and point. no. I have a good association partially because it really did get me through. It was like this, it was another world that I could step into. Yeah. That was not my Yeah, if it wasn't life. fantasy, who knows how it would have, how it would have taken. But yeah, it was like, so I really did actually kind of, I do really appreciate the Harry Potter series for that. And at that point, did you were you into them or did you just feel like you had to finish them? I was into them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I so, really enjoyed them. Yeah. So it was like a good experience. And the first of the last movies was coming out in, I don't know, November, December. And I remember, so we like still would talk occasionally and it was cordial. And I made some like desperate plea to basically say, <laughs> it must have been in November or something, but I was like, so like a month later, a little over a month. If I can get all the way up, if I can finish all the books by the time the first movie comes out, do you want to go with me? Because she like really wanted to go see the movie. Yeah. And I believe I, I think I came 50, no, no it's not, I was going to say 50 pages short. That's not true. I was, I think I was like a week and a half or three weeks late on finishing all the books, but she still went with me to go see that final movie. And that was another very sad evening because <laughs> we kind of just like went out watched a couple movies pretended we were together for a night and then we weren't yeah it's kind of like a last hurrah yeah using harry potter as your it was like the excuse yeah. to see each other again because we didn't live in the same place so yeah there was really no reason so once we that was over each it was other. like yeah yeah oh harry potter yeah um so and harry's kind of like yeah he's that's my uh that's my touchstone you have complication you have complicated feelings with harry potter I have complicated feelings about the city of London because of her too. Oh yeah. So the very start of our relationship was uh, me going to London twice in one fall to visit her while she was abroad. So you were dating? No. Oh. 
This is um, the genesis of our relationship. We went to college together for two years, I think. And I always thought she was cool. I was attracted to her and that kind of thing. And she and one or like one other friend were going to be in London studying abroad come fall. I was like one year out of college, year and a half maybe. And in that mode of constantly like looking for places to go and things to do, like plenty of free time, yeah. had some money to kick around. And so I was like, yeah, oh, I've been, cause I'd been visiting like people that would go abroad. And I was like, yeah, let's, let's do that. And between planning the trip and going on the trip, like those three months, my girlfriend and I broke up, her boyfriend and her broke up. And so we were both, she especially was like very newly single when I, I touched down like first week of September in London. And I guess you could say I had like high hopes, but no expectations. Yeah. And sure enough, one night we went out dancing at this place. I wish I could remember the name of it. Um, it's a, it's a strip club all hours of the week except i think saturdays from 10 to 6 a.m it's a rockabilly joint wow and so it was like this like fun like thing to do you know like a timeout sort of pick yeah in london was go dancing to rockabilly at this place that after hours is no longer a strip club <laughs> so we went there and that was like the night we like finally kissed and the rest of that trip like three days i don't know i was just so into her and Seemingly it was reciprocated, but obviously I was like a bit of a rebound and there were a lot of complicated feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, we'd been friends. We knew a lot of the same people. She dated one of my friends. Like there was a lot that had happened. And But when I got back, I would I would like email with her on a regular basis. Things seemed good. Um, and so I planned a trip back for Thanksgiving like two months later. And she was like, yeah, definitely come. And so I was so psyched for that. Um, and this was, again, this was kind of like the beginning of it. I guess I was thinking when she gets back from abroad, maybe we'll date. That's what it felt like, or that's what I hoped for. And I would, this was still in an era where I would go back to college pretty frequently too. Um, had a lot of friends there still and not a lot going on in Boston, <laughs> living with my dad. So I would go back down to Boston, like, or sorry, back down to Connecticut to school fairly regularly. And, uh, on the Halloween, I went down for Halloween got very drunk the most drunk easily i'd ever been in my life my one year of drinking at that point yeah and uh not only did i wake up the next morning and vomit bile for the first time in my life uh, not only did i have the only shots of um grape vodka i've ever had in my life it sounds like a terrible night <laughs> but i also hooked up with her best friend Oh, it is a terrible night. It's, it was <laughs> you got the full, very bad. The trifecta of uh, bile. And I felt, vodka. yeah, and like obviously that's uh, that's a bad look on me. So yeah. we already had this trip planned. I already had tickets. And I oh, had God. to be like, By the hey, way, this happened last night. Um, oh. So when I returned to London, it was weird because we kind of actually behaved still very much like a couple. But the line was pretty much like she wasn't going to like kiss me essentially and she was giving me shit but then we started we did start dating when she got back from abroad yeah wow man what like a wild start to this thing yeah it was probably the most like antics that's ever happened in a relationship ever and it's the shortest relationship i've been in oh yeah yeah did you just feel like what was what was it about her that just made you like 
feel like I'll just go to London. Like at that time, like what were you feeling? Well, especially when I planned that first trip, I mean, it was like a little flirtatious or hopeful, but the yeah. reality is we both were in relationships and nothing would have happened. Yeah. Um, she was always a very fun person to hang out with. And I think it's the same thing that made me fall in love with her, which was a real sense of friendliness and carefreeness that I lack probably a lot. You know, I'm very much more worried about things and tend to be kind of obsessed with getting it right. And I think she had none of that, at yeah. least seemingly. I think like academically and work, she was like that, but yeah, not but like not in social circles. Socially, you could kind of hang out with her and just see her like being free and enjoying things and be like, oh, this is a fun person to be around because I can't do this thing. Yes. She's the kind of person that, yeah, she'll dance in the middle of the room when no one's dancing, you know? Um, I mean, to be fair, I've seen you do that too now, so maybe... Well, I've grown. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I think, I mean, she's like somebody I probably like learned some things from yeah. in that way. Um, and, and was just seemed far more concerned with making sure everyone's having a good time, which I think is less, you know, sort of like my way of operating when I walk into a room. Yeah. Or if I am concerned with that, it's more like, I hope nothing's getting <laughs> fucked up. I think she was more concerned with like, no, like, are you having yes, like, are everyone, you partying? Are you having yeah. a good time? Like, have a great time. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, that like carefree, just like, I'm just gonna, I'm here to make sure everyone's having a good time. I'm gonna have a good time. Yeah, and um, yeah, I think those, and a very endearing person too. I think she had yeah, a lot sounds... of like her own language kind of like a lot of isms, which is a very endearing thing. Yeah. I think that I find. When somebody seems to have their own phrases and the the way that they talk to their friends, it always makes me, I don't know, I, I'm thinking of it now, but I'm like, oh yeah, it always kind of makes me think that they're, I don't know. It's well, like it's an like, adorable quality. Yeah, and there's like the a uniqueness, there's yeah. a uniqueness to that too of like, I can see that. There's like, oh yeah, you like have your own thing. Yeah. And I want to be a part of that. Like you get drawn yeah, like to if that. You get, if you get to be in it yeah. and you get yeah, to you're be part like of one it. of the people that she has a nickname for, that kind of thing, yeah. then... It feels very special. Totally. Yeah. And so you start dating when she gets back from London. Yeah, not immediately because I had to court her uh, yes. as the as the old term would go. Yeah, was there a little bit of like, now you have to make up for hooking up with my friend over Halloween or a bit? Like I I'm think my second trip to London kind of did that, to be honest. Um, okay. It was more that when she got back to school, the reality of like, her being at college and being a junior in college and me being an adult and not living in the same place yeah. is that she didn't really want that relationship. Yeah, she didn't need this you know? part, this thing to happen. Yeah. And so I spent, I don't know, a month, maybe when she got back, like January, um, visited her a couple times and kind of, I guess, convincing her to date me. Maybe our first real like boyfriend girlfriend moment would have come in february i think she came up to visit i finally moved out of my dad's place moved into cambridge and we did valentine's day weekend together actually and it was very fun and very like romantic especially to take her out of the college setting where so many of our interactions had occurred to just be able to go out to dinner you're like people out in the world yeah was really nice and probably the reason she like was like okay i guess i'm into this whereas if we had continued to only see each other at college the magic probably would have never quite been there. Yes, but there was this there was this 
kind of mystique and adventure in coming to Boston and like having those experiences outside of just being on campus. Something like that. I was also persistent. Yeah, and I think yeah, he put in the work. Yeah, and I think looking back, that is the thing that, um, aside from obviously hooking up with her best friend, which I think is very regrettable and bad. I think the kind of worst thing when I look, I used to very much think I was the victim in that relationship. And the sort of narrative of like, oh, that wolf, that woeful last week that we started the story with, I think paints it that way. Like, oh, this poor dude, um, you know, still went on this trip and it was very sad and read those books and because his girlfriend asked him to and then she broke up with him. But I think the reality is that I was kind of forcing that relationship the whole time. You know, I really wanted it and was really in love with her, stupidly so. And so I kind of forced a relationship that she pretty clearly, at least at the beginning, said she didn't really want. And I kind of convinced her to be okay with it. And that's the kind of thing now, looking back, that I see is just very stupid and not just foolish, but like it's unfair too, you know? Like that's a bad way to operate. You don't want to date people that don't want to date you. Yeah. And at the time, you're just kind of like, oh, I really want this and this is going to be great and not think about how's that person feel about you and is this a good match and is this healthy? Yeah. Yeah. I it's feel hard. like I've done that before too. I don't know that I've really, I think I've objectively, I think I've learned from it. Like I can tell myself that that is a lesson I've learned, but I do think that it's still an easy thing to fall into. Which oh, is, yeah. To, for me to be like, okay, well, I can pull more weight right now. That's fine. Let me do that. And um, maybe be in something that isn't as, you know, isn't as two-sided as it should be. Yeah, where you're like, okay, I'll do the extra work because this isn't, there's a rough patch or something like that. And like, I'll put in the extra work because it needs it. Yeah, or even, and I can't say that about, my last relationship yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah. I think my last relationship, my girlfriend did all the extra work and God bless her. But I think it even it even manifests itself in crushes and stuff yeah. like that, which is that idea of kind of keeping a flame going for someone who pretty clearly doesn't like you, yeah. you know? And what's the benefit to yourself of doing that what's the benefit of liking someone even who just isn't interested you know yeah so that i think is very much still a habit that i have that i don't know how to really fix yeah i mean it's a tough thing to i literally did that from the years of fifth grade through senior year of college i was high school with the same person yeah and i just kept being like i like this person and she'd be like i don't like you and like but you're still hanging out with me and we're having these moments and that's yeah. a thing and me just trying to like make this thing work and it was not and it still it's still something that like oh man I never it took me forever to learn that lesson yeah it's tough you know I think it seems so obvious to think about it now but uh, my therapist did say like two weeks ago she said maybe you just like women that are unavailable and I know that's a trope and something you you like think you're above or you don't want to be attached to um, but God, who knows? Maybe. Oh yeah. I mean, I went through a huge period of my life after that crush that I had for many years of like 
liking somebody who was in a different town or like liking somebody mm-hmm. who had a boyfriend and being like, oh, eventually they'll break up. And just I'm sure I did the same thing of just like I think there was part of me that was like, oh, I'm protecting myself from really getting hurt or really like putting that like myself on the line to get hurt. I just like protected myself by not ever having to take a chance on anything by being like, oh, we're in different towns where she's with somebody that'll never work. Yeah. And it was just a way to like keep me protected from getting hurt by not actually ever taking a chance or a risk in a thing. Yeah, I think that definitely happens. It's it's a weird safe space. Yeah. Because it sucks. It's like, <laughs> it's so weird to find a safe position that is constantly uncomfortable and not fun. Yeah. I mean, most people find safety, you know, in relationships by just like not really dating or like going on uh casually dating a bunch or sleeping with people or just you know avoiding the topic entirely but it's a weird thing to put yourself in situations where you're constantly longing because yes that is a holding pattern that is constantly unfun and not enjoyable <laughs> yeah i've done that a lot yeah but it is it is safe Oh yeah, in it's the totally same way safe, that you can't get those hurt. other things are safe. You yeah, know? never really dating anyone for more than a couple of dates is also safe. Yeah, um, I think something about the longing one makes it makes you feel a little more like you're the good person, though. I yeah. think if you if I was constantly going on a couple of dates and not really ever getting in touch with anyone again or whatever, I think I'd feel a lot guiltier. But if I'm biding my time and waiting for someone, then I feel better about myself, which I don't think there's any reason to really. Yeah. It's like and just as shitty. Kind and of. you're just treating yourself poorly. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, I've done that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I shouldn't do that to myself, but I was doing it. Yeah. And I guess it's it's weird because it's not a behavior. It's easier to, for me to like change a behavior oh, yeah. or a habit. Yeah. But just like a belief or a feeling is very hard for me to shut down. Yeah. It really takes a grand distraction. Like a, another person. Yes. And so, yeah, so basically you'd like found yourself in this relationship that was working out at least initially. It was good for like yeah. those middle months. We probably went through, I don't know, six out of those nine months that we dated. That was like pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, yeah, it felt like, did it just feel like that balance had tipped a little bit where you felt like you were putting more into this than she could give back or like wanted to give back or yeah but part of that was it felt on the surface obvious so she was in college by the towards the end of our relationship she was in her senior year and i very much had the opinion myself of you shouldn't be giving up your senior year for me so why don't i'll come up way more often than you come down to new york like let me come up to connecticut we can i'll do that as much as i need to the balance is only skewed that way because it makes more sense. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't have wanted that when I was a senior. So the attempt to kind of like fix that is to come to you. Yeah. Like I don't want to take you out of your college experience. Right. So I'll just be a part of your college experience. Yeah. And I was friends with a lot of her friends. So it wasn't weird for me to be around. Like I wasn't, you know, she didn't have to hang out with just me or yes. anything like that. Yeah. So it kind of felt copacetic to do that. But I also fully understand that it was a pain in the ass for her because if I went up on a weekday, well, I did want to go to bed by like one, especially because I'd be getting up at like five. Yeah, take a train to, get to back. Work. Yeah, and so even that I could tell, you know, it was very grading week by week of 
I, oh, Evan came up, great, but I can only stay out so late. And because you, you know, you forget it's like college, you might have nothing to do on Wednesday. Yeah, it's like literally have no classes, you can get up whenever you want. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's like that. Even though you felt like you were helping her by coming to her, she was still having to like change her schedule in a way to have you around. It wasn't an easy, yeah. And I, so I think it was a little bit of bullying through niceness that I was ended up doing, to be honest. Yeah, um, I think realistically i wasn't really giving her the relationship she wanted and probably holding it against her a bit that yeah it like wasn't i'm that doing way. all this stuff for you like i'm coming yeah. up and yeah and i think that that's a really unhealthy way to be in a relationship yeah especially if you are pulling more weight great you just have to like do it on good faith you can't yeah you gotta be okay expect anything you can't i mean you can expect eventual kind of like you Balance. know love yeah and reciprocation <laughs> yeah. and and um appreciation of it but it's not like a tit for tat thing you know it's not you're not keeping score yeah i'm not gonna like hold this against you later right because i put in this stuff now and now you owe me because i did this and i definitely don't now and didn't right after the relationship either but i think in the moment it just kind of bred resentment yeah i uh oh I'll, i'll do i'll tell you one more part of this that also makes me look insane i think this is perhaps maybe even like I don't know if this is the worst part of the worst like part that I had in our relationship, but it might be, which was when we, I went up to do that, to go out um, to see the Harry Potter movie with her. So this is a month or two after we stopped dating. Okay. Yeah. When you were furiously reading all the, furiously reading all the Harry Potter books, um, really trying to like be cool with each other because I had had good relationships with my last two exes yeah. and that was kind of like my mode, but still very much loved her and felt really sad about it. One of the things, so I kind of going on that narrative of um, her not necessarily always wanting me there because, you know, she had a life to live and I was kind of an annoyance in that regard. Yeah. I, uh, oh God, I did this insane thing, which is I made a photo album of all of these different like parties or events or like hangouts that we went to together that the two of us were there and i only included photos that i wasn't in oh my god yeah (laughs) and like the forward of this thing i wrote a note and like the forward was basically like hey here's all your memories back the way you would have preferred them yeah and that is fucking This is insane. like weird emo. Oh my God. It's so <laughs> nuts. And she rightfully called me on it. Like she, I gave that to her and she looked through it. And I think at first was kind of like, uh, like kind of um, guilty feeling, you know, like, oh my God, like, is this how I've made you feel? But I do not think it took very long for her to turn and realize she's like, this is so fucking unfair. Yeah, like, don't put me you in this. You are trying to just guilt trip me for something like you chose to do. You know, you you knew like what our relationship was the whole time. You were there. You don't get to kind of like rev- revise history in a way to make me look like a monster. And she was right. It was fucked up. Yeah, man. That's. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. And so she. Uh, at one point, she, I mean, she got pissed at me, obviously. And she, like, went to the bathroom or something at one point or into the kitchen. And I took that journal and I ripped out every page that had a photo in it and, like, walked outside and threw 
all that stuff in the trash. Yeah. Um, and I was like, what the fuck did I just do? <laughs> it was God. so insane. Did it like hit you, hit you like pretty quickly that like, oh God, I shouldn't have done this? Or was it uh, like- a- Once she was like yelling at me about it, because um, otherwise I thought it was like this really, yeah, I don't know, fucking brave fuck you. Yeah, it felt like this like something. half- giving her her life back because for whatever reason no it felt like like, it felt like me giving her peace of my mind which is something i rarely do okay telling someone off kind of felt like a real like move yeah and then i realized that it was not yeah (laughs) and yeah that's probably i mean maybe someone out there can correct me but i think that's the craziest thing i've ever done in a relationship it sounds pretty good yeah hard to top (laughs) I really hope I never do. Just because it took a lot of time. Like, you had to put some effort in there to, like, find those photos, like, put that whole thing together. Yeah. I got a a little journal to put them in. Did you, like, print them on a printer or, like, go to a photo place and get the photo? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you put the time in to to do that. Yeah, for sure. That's pretty good. Glued them all into a moleskin. (laughs) Kept it in the classy. Yeah. Yeah. It was fucking stupid. (laughs) Uh, Great. If people want to, like, find more about things that you do in person or on the web what can they check out yeah they can then follow me on twitter or instagram at eblarden e-b-l-a-r-d-e-n you can check out evanbarden.com see some show dates up there and speaking of shows i perform every wednesday night with body work at the magnet theater it's an improv team and every friday night pretty much with the executives which is a sketch team at the magnet theater and once a month i host a podcast called repeater which brian has been a guest on and we host a live show at QED in Astoria, New York, as well as on the web, repeater.show. Great. That's all my things. Check them all out. Evan Ford Barden, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, man. Yeah. Love Hurts is produced, hosted, and edited by Brian Berlin. Show art by Caroline Mallon. You can find Love Hurts on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. It really helps people find out about the show. You can also tell a friend about it. You can find Love Hurts on Instagram and Twitter at lovehurtspod, and our website is lovehurtspod.com. Here's a preview of what you'll hear next week. Yeah, I mean, that was definitely like the worst day of my life. And I mean, when I like the feeling that I'm having right now uh, when I talk about this is like very close to the feeling that I had that day because I have like diagnosed PTSD from that day and I I wasn't even in this you know I wasn't even in the building where it happened um, but you lost someone yeah I'm Brian Berlin and this is Love Hurts <laughs>